Hey there, here we are again with a new episode. I know it's been a while, so I promise there are a handful of new ones coming up. I'm Allison Jacobs, the host of the Creative Frame Podcast, where I interview other photographers about their creative process and what inspires them. For today's episode, I'm talking with Allison Hatch. Allison is a family photographer based in New Mexico who has a deep belief in connection, family, and showing the people in front of her lens that their life is art. She's a modern art lover who also strongly promotes hanging your art, for example, your family photos on your walls. Allison is primarily a film photographer, so we talk about that part too, of course. She's the owner of Photo Native, a photography experience that helps build community and learning for photographers. As you can guess, this means she deeply believes in community. Okay, so I'm super excited to share this one. So let's dive right in. Allison, hi. Hey, Allison. (laughs) I'm so glad to have you on joining me tonight. Yes, thanks for asking me. I'm so excited. This is gonna be so much fun. Yes. Yeah. I'm excited to actually talk about some of the things that we've talked about on our recent photo walks that we've been able to have together in person. So this will be fun to bring it, uh, bring in this conversation to light for some of the people listening to the podcast. So we'll just start uh, with sharing a little bit about yourself and what drew you into family photography. Maybe share a little bit about what it is about that genre of photography in in particular that really excites you. Yeah, sure. So I am a family photographer. I live in Albuquerque, um, Albuquerque, New Mexico with my boys and my husband and my golden doodle in the deserts of New Mexico. Um, yeah. What drew me to families? So honestly, I didn't love it at first. <laughs> like I wanted to do weddings. I wanted to do people who did what like did what I said instead of having to fight crazy kids and grumpy parents. And like, I didn't love family photographers. I wanted to do weddings, but it just didn't work out that way. And then I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but something that you've had to do, you've learned to love. And that's what has happened for me. And I think families are, I love working with families, but the appreciation that I have for the family unit is so deep. Um, I I feel like the family is a huge part of why we are the way we are. It's how we're raised culturally, our interactions with our family, learned behaviors, you know, different views ethically about the world. And it's just so much of our lives is our family. And I just don't feel like it's celebrated enough um, as, you know, moms and dads spending so much time and effort and money on these children and trying to keep our families together. I just don't think it's celebrated enough. And so I love being able to do that. I love having families see how beautiful they are, even though every day we feel like we're in the trenches of laundry and work and homework and grocery shopping and making dinner there's there's a lot of beauty in our everyday and i i just just my heart skips a beat being able to work with families and showing them how beautiful their families are and they may not see that but i can see that so i love it i love it now <laughs> i feel like that love really comes through in the words that you share when you're posting on 
Instagram and the words that are on your website and then the kind of photos that you take of your families, I feel like that passion that you just that just came through in your words and in your voice, that passion I think really comes through when you are sharing the work that you are doing for families and you are highlighting that beauty for them. And that is something that we don't see from the outside of our own families very often. So I think it's fantastic that you came to love that genre, even though it maybe wasn't your first goal with photography when you started out. When was anybody's first goal actually solidified when they started photography? I'm sorry. If anybody was like, this is what I'm going to do. And then they just beelined it right towards their goal. I would like for them to say who they are because that's nobody, right? Like this photography journey for everyone is just very windy and up and down and kind of takes on a life of its own. And yeah, that's definitely what's happened with me with my creativity and who I, my clientele and all of it has just been, we've talked about this before, not wanting to be in a box. Like, yeah, like it's hard to like say, yes, I'm a family photographer, but I also want to do all this other stuff too. And, you know, like I do families now and absolutely love it. And I hope to do it for a long time, but I don't know. We'll see. But yes, it's who knows what everybody starts out with, with their goal and ends up totally different. I'm sure. Yes. Well, we have to listen to our intuition sometimes on that too, and and how things are feeling when we're in the middle of it. And then listening for those like threads or pulls that you feel kind of maybe even internally, like, oh, maybe I should try that. Let's see. Let's see how it goes. Or even pushing against the fears or pushing against that resistance. Like it sounds like you might've done with family photography at the beginning, kind of not maybe sure that was what you wanted to do and Mm -hmm. having to push against some of that resistance and then finding a way to lean into it because of this passion that you have to highlight the beauty of what it means to be a family and how everybody's family looks different because of all of those different pieces that you mentioned. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Exactly. And it's family photography is what kept landing in my lap and and it, I just appreciated it more and more that I did it for sure. Yeah. And we are all on that windy road. I think the longer you stay with it, the more likely you are to have tried a lot of different things and experimented. Yeah. And, you know, maybe there's a continuing to come back to something too. You know, you yeah. try something else and then you're like, nope, nope. I, I was on the right path before. Okay. I'm yeah, going to stay totally. with it. <laughs> totally. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And so also just kind of wanting to get out of the way a little bit at the beginning, you are a film photographer, but one thing I don't know is if you, do you ever shoot digital? Do you do both sometimes or are you 100% all in it's film? Oh, my friend. Oh, my friend. (laughs) I would. So talking about that windy road, right? Like trying different things like we were talking about before. I started out as a digital shooter. I mean, I shot film back in the day when there weren't any digital cameras, like my oldest son, there wasn't digital yet, you know, cause I'm kind of old and it was a lot of film shots of him running away from me, you know, because you like had to, it, like they were, you only had like the one shot and you got what you got. And so I started with digital and I, there was just something that was missing. And I kept trying different things, like different techniques, different lenses, different editing. And I was like, oh, this just sucks so bad. I just hate this. Why do I hate this so much? I could not get an image that I was like, yes, that's it. I love that. I'm so proud of that. I'm happy to give that to my clients. And I just got this feeling. I was like, I want to try film. I I want to go back to film and see what it's like. And 
Um, I was at Photo Native. I know we're going to talk about that later. In Santa Barbara in 20, whoa, what year was that? That was 2020. That was COVID, right before COVID. And um, Richard Photo Lab was there and they had film cameras for us to try for free and just pay for the film and the processing. And I went out and my first shot, I took the shot and I looked at the back of the camera and there was nothing there. Yes. And I was liberated. Like there was like something that was like, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. There's nothing to look at. Like, and I know that sounds so crazy, especially for a perfectionist like me, but I think I needed to let go of that perfectionism. I was working so hard to create this perfect something that I was leaving out room for creativity to work her magic with me to like create this partnership with creativity. I was just trying to control, control, control. And when I shot film, I had no choice but to let go of a lot of that control. And yeah, my first film stuff sucked. I mean, it was terrible, but the experience, I just was like, oh my word, this is it. This is it. So I would love to shoot film all the time. I really do shoot film most of the time. Um, I do have like mini sessions or things like that where I just don't get paid enough to shoot all the film, but 90% of my sessions are film completely. And I love it. I absolutely love it. And when I have to shoot on my digital camera, I'm like, I don't even get them off the SD card until my other, my film scans come in. Cause I just know I'm not going to like them very much. Um, but yeah, I, I only shoot film. I, (laughs) yeah, I can relate to that sense of the back of the camera. For me, there is so much freedom there. Yes. Freedom in every way. And I haven't ever thought about it in relation to perfectionism, but I, when you were saying that, I felt myself nodding my head because I was thinking back to this sense of with digital, like you said, that perfect photo was one more click away. And so then I would find myself maybe taking 10 10 shots of one thing. And then I would come to call it and I would think these look identical. I can't even tell the difference between these 10, which one was the perfect one. Well, honestly, any of them could have been the quote unquote perfect one. And with film, I find myself being a little more frugal with those shots. And so I take the one and like you said, it's somebody walking away and I miss the shot and I miss the shot or I get it. And I think there it is. There's the shot. But there's definitely that freedom. You're not, you're not able to look at the back. So you have to just trust your intuition, trust exactly. your timing, trust what you you're feeling when you're shooting, and trust that you know with confidence your gear well enough or your film stock or the lighting. Mm-hmm. And I think shooting digital and learning lighting and composition and all of those things helps make film easier too, as well, because you can kind of trust your second instincts with with some of those basic film, I mean, basic photography mm-hmm. techniques and bring them to film and then just let it just let go. So yeah, totally. I mean, digital is amazing. There are yes. people who can do some amazing things with digital, but it sky's the limit with digital. You have all this information, you can manipulate the heck out of them and which can be fantastic, but it was so not what I needed to do for my creativity. And yeah, like I always explain to my clients who are like, well, why do you shoot film? I mean, it's so old. Am I going to get negatives back? I was like, no, you're not going to get negatives back. You're going to get digital files. I pinky promise you can put these on Instagram. 
but it just slows everything down. Like you were saying with digital, you just keep click, 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 trying to get that perfect shot and film forces you to just slow down and wait for the shot that you know you're supposed to take connecting with yourself more. And then I can get out from behind the camera, talk to my clients a little bit more. It just creates this more slow, like easygoing, I feel like to me, situation versus digital, which is so, so fast. And film is so slow. And I freaking love how slow it is. I just adore that. Do you think that that transition from digital to mostly film now has changed your style or your voice at all? Or do you feel like it just, it did. Okay. So in what, like how can you expand on that a little bit? Well, like I was saying before with digital, I was trying to get this something. I just was like, yes, this is it. Yes. I'm so proud of this. This is what I want. And I didn't know what it was until I started doing film and then started messing around with film. And you know how that is. Film is so much fun because you can break the rules like crazy. Right. And, but you don't have to spend all this time in post to break the rules. And I don't like to edit. I'm, I'm a non-editor person. I think it's the pits. Some people love it and awesome for them, but it just makes me very unhappy. So, um, I, you know, light leaks and color, you know, film soup and double exposures. And I just tried to do everything I possibly could. And I tried all of them a lot And I've really landed on double exposures for every single client I do. I do double exposures. Like that is like my thing. I absolutely love it. Um, I feel like it creates this, you know, I want to, I want my clients to feel like I want to create images that are beautiful. Yeah. But I want to feel, I want to be able to feel my images when I take them. I want my clients to be able to feel them when they see them and create art, not just a pretty picture. And I feel like film does that and using double exposures does that. Um, I've started doing film soup for clients. It's definitely a required taste, an acquired taste. I mean, you know, to do film soup, not a lot of people are like, yeah, I totally want a picture of my kid, like all psychedelic oil slick type looking on their face and whatever. But I've started doing that too. Um, But yeah, double exposures are really where my heart is at. Do you feel like it is a different way of shooting with double exposures on film versus on digital. Yeah, it's that same. So another really big thing I like about film that I didn't talk about is um, we live in such a quick consumption, quick disposable, like throw it away, use it up and throw it away like all day long. Like the amount of information we get, we in social media and images, like the amount of images we see, it's so much. And then we just, it's gone. Like we see it for maybe half a second as we're scrolling and it's gone. And I feel like it doesn't feel real. It's not tangible. And, you know, digital images can be manipulated a lot. And I, because I feel like, cause I have one foot in pre, you know, internet land and, you know, cell phones in our hands and things like that. I have one foot in the old world and one foot in the new world, right? (laughs) Kind of miss that old world stuff. I miss the slower. I miss the real, I miss going to the library and having to look up information versus Googling it, even though that's so amazing. I just kind of miss that type of stuff. So film is a real shot on a real piece of film. Like it's tangible. I love how tangible it is. And so 
I don't do doubles with digital. I want that tangibility. I want that more authentic, that more realness that film gives. And so I only do doubles on film. I don't do them digitally. I've seen them done on film and they can look, I mean, film, I mean, on digital and digital can look really close to film. It looks really great. I just, it's not what my creative heart wants to do. So I'm not going to do it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Well, and that's what we were talking about earlier. We've got to find that that place within ourselves, follow that intuition and stick with it, even if it's taking us down a different path. But it sounds like you feel really confident in that um, choice for yourself. And that's how we have to feel in order to be able to shoot our best work and show up as our best creative selves and bring our style and authenticity to what we're doing. You're not trying to be somebody else or emulate somebody else. You're shooting what you feel passionate about and what you feel confident about and in the medium that feels good for you. So yeah, the yeah, the medium. Like everybody's gonna have like a certain film camera, like a certain camera that they like, a certain lens that they like, a certain the way they edit it. And like my mom's an artist. I have a family of full of artists and and she's an oil painter, but she can also do acrylic and watercolor and charcoal and all these other mediums. But she it's her thing is oil. And then she paints massive, like massive, massive pictures. And that's what she likes to do, even though she can do it all. She, that's what she does. And that's what it is filmed for me and my certain cameras that I use. That's just, that's where I need to be. That's where my creative soul is like, yes, this is where you need to go. And I feel very confident doing it. Yeah. So what kind of things just generally speaking, even opening it, maybe even outside of photography, do you think influence your point of view? You talked a little bit about why family, especially is Mm -hmm. important to you. But what do you think are some of the biggest inspirations for your photography or has played the most influence in your style and developing your voice and, and who you are as an artist? Yeah. And my muses, I consider them my muses that kind of push me to do that creativity. Um, yeah, I grew up in a very art family and so I lean more towards the not so perfectness of photography. Photography can be look so incredibly perfect. It's not real. And I want to lean more towards the imperfect realness, I guess, of things. Um, so, you know, so that's why I like, you know, blurry and double exposures and whatever. I love flowers. I love light and sun and the things that make me happy in my everyday life is stuff I bring into my work. I like to do a lot of double exposures with flowers, um, a lot of color. I didn't, I didn't used to be a color person at all, which is really surprising. But the more, the older I get, the more I appreciate just the little things, right? Like that's so beautiful. And the color of certain things. And I try to incorporate that into my work as well. Um, and then I, I know we're going to talk about this later, but I'll just start now. Uh, <laughs> this is one of the questions we were talking about is I just want to live an artful life. And that sounds, when people hear the word art, they think like pretentious and snooty and elitist. And it's not. Art is just something that is created that makes you feel. So the person who creates the art feels something and that's why they create it and the person viewing it feels something. And I want to live that kind of life. I want to live a life that creates presence in the moment. And I feel like trying to live an art-filled life does that, just feeling things. And it doesn't have to be 
necessarily oil paintings or photography or sculpture, you know, things that we traditionally think as art, but things that just make us feel being in the moment. Like when we do our art walks, like the actual experience of doing it and we share it together is art to me. Like those kinds of things that just make us appreciate the moment more in our lives, what they are right now more is what I try to bring into my photography with my families and my personal work. Um, so yeah. Did that answer your question? Yes. <laughs> yes. It did. It did. And I actually remember um, the last time we were together in San Clemente, we were walking down the beach and you saw a mom with her kids and you actually stopped and you asked if you could take a photo of them. And to mm -hmm. me, that's a good example of what you just described because you were very present in the moment where we were and you saw something you thought was beautiful and you took advantage of that moment to, to create. And yeah. so I, I feel like that is a, is a example of how you're bringing that presence and being in the moment and seeing art everywhere. Yeah. As an example for that, for sure. Yeah, definitely. So Speaking of living an art-filled life and um, all the different ways that could be interpreted or how what that could mean for different people, for you, I know you've talked about the importance of your families that you're photographing. You want them to have prints. You want them to have art for their walls. And yes. so I'm imagining your house probably has art on the walls and prints yes. of your family on the walls. So can you share a little bit about you know what that means to you and how you go about helping families understand the importance of that. Yeah. Yeah. So again, we live in this like digital society and then we just like have your pictures taken, you get the digital files, share them on Instagram and that's it. Maybe print a Christmas card. Like that's so sad to me. That's just so sad. Like I'm, I am trying to highlight how beautiful the family is, how beautiful your specific family is if you're my client. And I want this to be, I want your life to be shown as art and your life is art and it should be displayed. And there are so many fracking benefits to having your art. I mean, your um, photography, like pictures of yourself up on the walls or in an album or accessible to be seen um, for children. I know you work in education. Children who see pictures of themselves and with their parents have a better sense of self. They have a more self-esteem. Um, it helps with the elderly to see pictures of their family and pictures of themselves. They feel more important, more seen as well. It's kind of like with children. And then, and when I walk by, so I do, I have a giant, giant wall of just pictures. Like I could not choose between the bajillion pictures I had taken, but with Brooke Schultz. And so I had to print as many as I possibly could. And so I stuck them up on my wall as many as I could. And I love just walking by it and it makes me smile. Like my kids can be total butts. Like they can make me insane, right? Like anybody's children can because they're humans and that's the way things are. And they, and when I walk by, I see that interaction that I've had with them and how cute they look and messing around on the beach and being silly. And it just makes me smile. And I want that for everybody. And I don't want to have clients call me, which has happened before that I took their pictures years ago and they don't, they can't find them anymore and they never printed them. Do you have them anymore? It's like, I can't keep every single image I take of my clients, or I would have a 
million external hard drives. I can't afford that. And it just doesn't make sense. And it just breaks my heart to be like, no, I don't have those anymore for you. And they're gone. They're lost. They're lost memories. And another thing I do with my clients that I say, you know, at our, at my sessions is I try to create memories with their family together. Um, so this is like, not just a beautiful picture, but a memory for them to print and keep. It's a tangible memory to hold and to be able to touch it just takes it from that creation of the, you know, of them interacting or connecting or creating that memory to actually holding that memory. How freaking special is that? Like, I want everyone to print them. You don't have to print all hundred photos that, you know, images that you get, but at least print some of them and have your kids to be able to flip through them and, and then be able to see how much they've grown. They love to see that. Like, oh, I can't believe I looked like that. That's crazy. And, and even if you don't get professional pictures taken, printing images that you take on your phone, like just print, please, please print them. It's absolutely worth it. And what about the art kind of photos? Like maybe if you're creating a film super roll for yourself or you're doing mm-hmm. double exposures for yourself or you've uh, shot maybe a roll of flowers, like you talked about how flowers influence or inspire you earlier. Um, do you have that kind of art? Like, do you have your own art that you've created? Maybe that's not just about family. Do you have that art printed as well? I don't. <laughs> I have it like albums I do, but like on my wall, I don't, I have other artists on my wall. What I've printed is of pictures I've taken of my boys. Um, but I don't have like flowers or stuff printed on my wall yet. I have like, you know, other people, other artists on my wall, um, other photographers on my wall, but I do those in an album. So at least I have them. Like I want them still printed. I don't want them lost. I don't want them. My, my computer can crash just like anybody else's. Something could happen to all those digital files, even though I back them up and back them up. So um, I usually do albums because I have so many. I take so many pictures that I don't have enough wall space. Um, So I do albums for them. Yeah. Yeah. Albums are good. I've done postcards or like the cardstock kind mm-hmm. of size where I've been able to po- print maybe a stack of like 50 versus yeah. being able, like you said, to have to make a choice, which one am I going to print 12 by 14 or even bigger to put mm-hmm. on a wall and make it a, a one piece stands alone versus being able to just tangibly see what that photo looked like in print. So I've got some stacks in different places. It's kind of like when you end up with a stack of Polaroids and you're like, okay, now I've got the stack of Polaroids. What do I do with it? But it's a way it's been a way that over the years I've been able to bring to life some of those just creative images that aren't of people, but you know, I like to shoot a lot of landscape ish. I mean, it's not really landscape, but a lot of beach and a lot of just out in nature kind of shots, but they're, they're not family photos. And then yet trying to still make sure that I have those accessible for my family to see, for my friends to see, for myself to enjoy. Um, but I, I had a goal this year to shoot some pieces, I mean, not shoot some pieces, to print some pieces really big. Like I wanted to just try some, yeah. but I haven't yet. And it's, we're, oh. we're, I'm, I'm about to run out if it was a, if it was a 2023 goal. So. Oh, you totally should. I know that like films, prints can be done really big. Like you worry that you'll lose some of that quality because they are a smaller file than digital, 
but I've seen them printed really big. Like I've seen my work printed really big when I go into like re you know, recurring clients homes. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, it looks so good. I was, <laughs> it looks, it can look so good and big. I want to, I'm excited to see which ones you choose to print big. Yeah. So well, I, I have awesome. one that's completely different style for me in terms of it was film at golden hour. And a lot of times I'm out blue. I like the blue skies, blue water, yeah. more of the midday colors, but I was out one day at golden hour and I took a photo and my husband actually said, I think that's one of my favorite photos you've ever taken. And it was so, it was, it, I think it still looks like my style, but it yeah. also looks different because the coloring and, and the time of day isn't the same as my normal, typical shooting. So actually it, the colors of it would match really well in one of our rooms, right. When you walk into the house and I kind of thought, Oh, that might be a really good one to just print as big as I can possibly print it and just see what happens. I mean, the worst is it doesn't work. Right. And I've spent right. the money and I'm out the money and that's it. It's like, I'm not, I'm printing it for myself. So yeah. we'll, we'll see how that goes to be continued. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we also, you mentioned earlier, um, how you kind of got introduced to film at photo native, one of the mm -hmm. photography conferences, and now you're the owner of photo native and I know that I've heard you talk about just the importance of being a part of community, being with other photographers, other creatives. And so I would love to just hear a little bit more about why that's important to you. What has that photography community meant to you, just both as an artist and as a person? Yeah, like being a solopreneur is really lonely. Like being a photographer can be super, super lonely. It's not this collaborative effort to create things unless you're in commercial shooting, you know, massive projects. But the majority of us are by ourselves with our camera, sometimes with clients, you know, and but then we're doing all this behind the scenes work by ourselves. Like it can be crazy lonely and challenging. And I feel like community over competition is so important. And some people can get caught up in this competition, which is just terrible. And we should never do that because as creatives, we all have something that we could share that's not going to deplete us. When we share something that we love, it's not depleting. It's only making that grow stronger. And so when you, it's, I feel like it's so important to me to have other creatives in my life, other photographers in my life that are friends that we can bounce ideas off and have fun together and, you know, just mess around and be creative. And it just only makes each other, you know, each other's creativity grow and our businesses grow or whatever you're trying to work on. It means so much to have that tribe behind you. And yeah, I took on Photo Native. Um, I was an attendee for a couple of years and I knew that Photo Native was not going to continue anymore. And it just broke my heart and I could not let it go for like over a year. I couldn't stop thinking about it. And that's where I really felt the most community, like a photography community was at Photo Native. I have made amazing friends there and connections there. I, you know, tried film for, you know, for the first time, quote unquote, first time, yeah. <laughs> you know, first time again, it at photo native and, um, you know, experiencing all these different people's work and point of views and ways of doing business because there's no right way to do any of this. 
And so I acquired Photo Native and, you know, wanted to keep that community going. And I feel like it has, it hasn't turned out the way I planned by any means, but I feel so connected to so many more people through Photo Native and it's just made me so happy, my heart happy, my creative soul, just so happy to have these other people have the same feelings about the photography community as me. That's how, you know, you and I have like come together. Like, it's just so important to have that in your life when, I mean, we all get in a creative rut and we don't, or we don't have answers to certain questions. And it's so wonderful to have these people that you can just DM real quick or text real quick or send an email or, you know, and they're more than happy to help you out because it's not a competition. It's just creating friendship and creating connection. And we're all creatives. It's just creating in a different way. It's not creating photography. It's creating connection and friendship. And I love it. Yes, I agree with you hundred percent. I've always been a, a firm believer in community over competition. I, I just think that the more opportunities we have to share what influences us, what inspires us, how we do things, the more that's going to spark something for somebody else. And they're never going to replicate something the way that you do, but they're going to take that spark and they're going to make it their own. And then now we've all just gone, you know, we've all grown stronger as artists, as creatives, as business owners. And I just don't think there's anything that can replicate that outside of being with other people and being in community. You can't grow if you're not sharing and coming together with other people and having those conversations. Or I mean, you can grow. I won't say you can't grow. I would say it's probably going to be slower and harder. And a lot of us are figuring it out on our own. And nowadays, like you said, you can Google things, you can look things up. There's tons of online classes, but there is something that's irreplaceable about that just in-person back and forth opportunity to say, you know, Hey, how do you do this? How do you do that? Why do you do it that way? Oh my gosh, I've never thought of that. Let me try that. And then you've now got a new tool in your toolbox to make your own and hopefully it makes us all stronger. So I, I definitely agree with that. And I, I've been to different, you know, smaller retreats and larger conferences. And, um, I think that there's something that's different that comes with each of those kinds of experiences. And so I just love that photo native really grabbed your heart and that you felt like it had such an impact on you as an artist and as a person. So, yeah, I feel like being in person is not replaceable. Like it has to be in person. Like you're saying you can Google anything and take any class and you have interaction with a lot of those online classes. It is not the same. It just does not do the same thing for your creative heart and soul than being in person with somebody. Like it just that in-personness is <laughs> not a word, but I'm making one up. It's just, it's just irreplaceable and photo native and other workshops. I mean, there's so much education out there in person now, but I feel like that in-person is so important. Yes. And it's not just going and hearing other people, like hearing the speakers, that's a piece of it. But I think there's so much value in the sidebar conversations that, yes. you know, over a glass of wine conversation, sitting at the, 
you know, pool conversation, the conversations that are happening on the side when you're being able to say like, oh, hey, what camera are you shooting? Or what's that lens? Or how are you doing that? And you're having conversations with other people who are there um, talking about creativity, watching how other people shoot. I, I mean, I'm always fascinated by being with somebody and all of a sudden they stop and they put their camera to their face and they're looking at something. And I think, well, what on earth do they see that I don't see? And I love that because then it opens my eyes to maybe look deeper or take a second look at something. And so there's value in, I think, even shooting next to people and being with people when we're, when we have our cameras out and we're hundred percent, hundred percent. I agree with you on that for sure. So kind of talk like along those lines, you said you thought about photo data for like a year, and I'm sure that this could apply to other things besides something like that kind of big step. But do you have any tips or ways that you've worked through those fears or those things that might hold you back? Like things like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. I don't know if I'm prepared. I don't know where this is going to go. Like, how do you take that step forward in faith and just move forward and trust that it may not turn out how you, like you said, it didn't turn out how I thought, but that doesn't mean it didn't turn out well, or there wasn't still goodness in what it was. So like, how do you, do you have any advice on how to just move forward when you're not sure or you don't feel ready? Yeah, <laughs> that's hard. Um, you have to be okay with failure. You have to, and it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt or stink, or you are mad or upset when you do have something not work out the way you planned. But as creatives, we have to be okay with things not working out the way we expected. That's part of the process of creativity, right? Like you start out with something and you think it's going to go a certain way, but it meanders in its own direction and ends up differently than what you expect. And I think that's the number one thing is, first of all, is being okay or or at least acknowledging that this could possibly not turn out the way I planned. Like this could be a total flop or I could lose a lot of money, like trying film. Like I could waste $35 trying shooting a roll of film and it could be garbage. You know what I mean? Like you have to be okay with that. Um, And then the other thing is (laughs) you just have to do it. A tip, something that I have done for myself because I, I am a recovering perfectionist. I like to say is that I will, announce something before I've ever I'm doing before I've done it. So I like say this is going to be available at this date and then I have to force myself to get it done by that certain date. Like giving yourself some accountability to get outside of your comfort zone by announcing it or having somewhat some accountability with a friend or something like that. Um usually with my business it's just announcing something that I've wanted to do but I haven't done it yet and it's scary and I don't know if it will work out. And I've had quite a few things in my business not work out, Um, but just going for it and letting go of that perfectionism. um, Brooke Schultz says um, better is done than perfect. And it's absolutely true. Like just get it done, like let go of things being perfect or it'll never be finished. It just won't. You'll never, you'll never be willing to put that out there or try that thing If you're worried about being, well, it's got to be perfect and nobody's perfect at anything the first time we all have to try things a lot before we get really good at them. Um, And so, yeah, that's kind of my thing. And then the reward of pushing yourself outside of that, 
my, your comfort zone, that bubble, like pushing it out farther and farther and farther. It is so difficult to push it, but the reward is incredible. You gain so much from things that, yeah, they work out awesome. Yay. Or they don't work out. You've learned a ton or you've gained stuff. You didn't even know you could gain by trying something new. Um, yeah, like photo native didn't work out like I planned at all, (laughs) but I am so grateful for the experience. Like, and I don't know if I'm completely done with it or not. Like I have the ability to change it if I want to like, yeah, but I've gained so many friendships from, I've learned so much. I'm so much more comfortable with myself from photo native because I've had to market the crap out of myself and like show up online all the time. You know, you know, marketing, email marketing, and all these things that like I've had to give a piece of myself to every single one of those things, which was totally terrifying because it's like, who cares? Like I'm a nobody mom in Albuquerque and I don't, I don't feel super anything special about myself, but I'm more comfortable with myself now having to do all of that. Like you usually gain something you didn't realize and just keeping that open-mindedness to a new experience and just, just take the leap, just do it. It's so worth it. It's just absolutely worth it. I think that is a beautiful place for us to just, (laughs) just tie it up because I don't think there's anything I can add to that. Um, I feel motivated hearing you talk about that. So I know it's, it's also true. We, We don't, and I don't think I was just thinking about this this week. I will say this and then I'll wrap it up for us. But I don't know that we share our failures as transparently as maybe we should. And I've been trying to figure out what that balance could look like so that other people can see the reality of the behind the scenes and know that they're not alone. Like even something on a very small scale, for example, I have a film soup guide that I have for sale. So you would think I 100% would be an expert. I would never make a mistake. I would always know what I was doing. Well, I just got a roll back this week and I burned the roll. Like oh, there is, yeah. it's, it, it was a roll of 36. There's 19 frames. I haven't gotten the negatives back yet. I can't wait to see what happened to the other frames that they didn't even send me. But out of the 19 they sent me, there's maybe two to three where you can actually see anything in the background. And otherwise it's, it's actually burned off. The emulsion was burned off and that was an expensive mistake. And I, and I, what I did was I souped it in a strong chemical and then I forgot about it because I got busy. And the next morning when I went to make my coffee, I saw it sitting there by the sink and then I rinsed it. And I think that what I souped it in, which was liquid laundry detergent, I just think it was just too strong to leave it all night. If I had been like a little bit of food coloring or something or some wine or Sprite or maybe something a little more mellow than liquid laundry detergent, then it probably would have been okay. But it, it feels sort of like, how do you say to the world, I'm selling something to teach you how to do this. And oh, look, I completely just burned this whole roll. And so, but I think that would be so like, I would feel good if I saw somebody else sharing in that way, it would make me feel more human and more, we all make mistakes and things just happen. And that is a part to me of experimenting and trying to, I mean, this wasn't supposed to be a new thing for me. I've souped a film in liquid laundry detergent before, and it's given beautiful swirls and worked out great. 
not this time, but you know, you learn and then you move on. But I also have been thinking this week about how sometimes it's, it's, we, we talk about it. Everybody talks about it. It's not just the highlight reel of people's lives, but I think as artists, sometimes it's the highlight reel of our art and Mm -hmm. we don't share what's not working out. You share the one or two perfect frames and you don't show the whole rest of the scans that maybe you were trying something new and it didn't work out the way you wanted. But it would be nice if there was more of that. But yet, you know, and I'm saying that to myself, like, how could I go about sharing this without sort of saying, oh, and then by the way, buy this from me so I can teach you how to do it. You know, I think think that you failed is absolutely beautiful. I think that it's fantastic because you're trying. And I think that sharing your failures is so awesome. I totally think you should share this. You know who's excellent at sharing her failures is Cami Turpin. She is so good at it. She does it all the freaking time and she loves her failures. She thinks they're fantastic and she shares them and she loves them. And I don't think that you have any less clout or expertise with your film soup guide by messing up a roll of film. Like, I think that just shows that you are still trying and playing and being creative and making mistakes as part of the process. Like you can't expect every single image that you take to be perfect and wonderful and a winner and Instagram worthy or whatever you want to call it. I think failure is so necessary. That's one of the reasons why I shared my failure with Photo Native. Um, I was so transparent with it, um, with what I was trying to do with it, because I don't think it's out there enough at all. It's just everybody's successful. Everybody has great work. Everybody's blah, blah, blah. And this comparison trap is so unavoidable. I think it's just unavoidable. And by sharing our failures, it shows us being human and real artists because we're messing up. I think you should show it. I want to see it. I want to see your messed up film roll. I really do. I think it would be, I think it would be lovely to, to show. Well, unlike Cammie's, who, when she says she messes up, it's still this beautiful, magical piece of art. Um, <laughs> these actually are just, but I, but I will, I will, I just have to figure out the best way to go about it. Um, and, you know, all of that, just to say that I would never have learned the amount that I've learned about film if I didn't just push myself and be mm-hmm. willing to fail and be willing to have roles that didn't turn out because that's how I learn. And that's how I grow by actually doing it, experiencing it, thinking, Mm -hmm. okay, that didn't work. And then moving on to something else. And I think that's applicable to just across the board. Um, And I loved your idea of even just like putting it out there before you're ready saying, Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to put it out there. I've done that before with different things. I'm pretty sure three years ago, I did that with this podcast, like first episodes coming soon. And I hadn't even recorded it yet. Like I created the Instagram yep, account absolutely. and, you know, made the graphic in Canva and put it out there and, and then said, okay, I better find somebody who is willing to talk to me because I just told everybody on Instagram that I'm going to create a podcast. And, absolutely. But, but it was, it was a way for me to hold myself accountable. Like, okay, now I've got to figure it out. I've got to figure out all the things that I didn't know how to do. And one step at a time they've gotten easier and I've gotten faster and, you know, Mm -hmm. I've also let go of the perfectionism, which originally was, I'm going to do an episode a week. And now it's just, I do it when I, when it fits into my life and I have time and I can, I wish I could be consistent and do them weekly, but that's not 
that's not reasonable for my life right now. So I just do them when I can. Yeah. But, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Out there. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking to me tonight. I've loved this conversation and I know everybody else is going to love hearing from you and Thanks. they're going to leave feeling inspired. I know I will put a link to your Instagram and a link to your website. Is there anything that you want to let people know about that you have coming up? Do you want to put anything out there right now that you haven't created um, yet that's coming? Uh, <laughs> well, here's a little, little sneaky taste that photo native might be coming back in a very, very, very different way. Um, but I'm, I'm working on that. I'm not guaranteeing anything. I'm not like announcing, Oh yeah, we're doing it this day. I have a plan like I was saying before, but I am trying to bring that back in the right way that it's supposed to be for now. And for me and for what I'm trying to accomplish with that. Um, but no, yeah, just, just, this has been lovely. Thank you so much for having me on, Allison. It's just been so, it's always so good to talk to you. I absolutely love our conversations. Yes, I do too. I can't wait for your next time that you are in Southern California and we can get together in person again. So thank you so much for chatting with me. Yes. Thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate you tuning in, listening to these conversations. It means so much to me when I get to hear your feedback about how inspired you guys are by the guests that come on the Creative Frame podcast. I would absolutely love it if you would take a screenshot, share this episode on Instagram, share it with a friend, tag me or Allison so we can see it and hear how this episode inspired you. Thank you so much for being here with us.